we're carrying on with our series of looking at foundations of faith and building back in the light of those foundations. And so we're thinking, particularly this evening, uh, about purity and purity uh, looking particularly then at a passage from Ephesians. So I'm going to read to you Ephesians chapter 5 and the first 20 verses. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure or greedy person, such a person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore do not be partakers with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So a fantastic reading, so much in there that I can't possibly do justice to in the time given. But nonetheless, let's have a crack at it. Let's look at this together. The first verse speaks of following God's example, or in some translations it says, be imitators of God as God's dearly loved children. With Jesus, it was very much a question of like father, like son. Jesus came to reveal the father. When Jesus said such incredible things as, I am gentle and humble of heart. He was in that very humbleness and gentleness, revealing the father's nature and imitating the heartbeat of God. 1 John 3 verse 1 says this amazing statement. It says, to see what love the Father has lavished on us, that we would be called children of God, and that is what we are. And so the truth is that even though Jesus is obviously uniquely the divine Son of God, through him and his sacrifice, we have been born again as God's adopted children, and the Spirit of God bears witness that we've been adopted into God's family. 
So as it was the case of like father, like son with Jesus, so it's to be the case with us, his children, that we are to represent him and to celebrate and to make known his heart in this world. Still, it's a tall order, isn't it? Be an imitator of God. Well, how on earth do we do that? Well, this passage gives us at least three examples of how to do that. Firstly, to walk in love. Secondly, to walk in purity, which is the main emphasis of this talk. And thirdly, to walk in wisdom. So to walk in love, verse 2, we see that Jesus is, what a surprise, our example. Our example in this as in everything else. But Jesus really raises the bar, doesn't he? Because we're to love as he loved. And he loved by dying on a cross for you and I. We know that the cross was the unique means of our salvation. But as well as that, it's also an example of us to what it is to lay down our lives in obedience to the Father and in love for our fellow being, to live a life of radical love. Jesus is our example as we walk in love, thereby imitating God. Secondly then, to walk in purity. And this is really the main thrust of this passage. As we look from verses 3 through to 14, we see this emphasis on a walk of purity. The verses turn from a focus on Christ's love that we just saw in verse 2 to love's perversion through immorality, impurity and greed. In verse 3, Paul says that among you, among God's people, there should not even be a hint of sexual immorality or any impurity or greed because these things are improper for God's holy people. There's a Christian singer-songwriter called Don Francisco. Some of you may have heard of him. And uh, he wrote and sung a song called Holiness. And one of the lines in Holiness is, Holiness, Holiness. It's the Lord's demand, not the Lord's request. Holiness, holiness. It's the Lord's demand, not the Lord's request. And we have to recognize that God is really serious about this stuff. Paul is very serious himself in the way that he puts it over in these verses. But God is not one who can be mocked, not one who can be tricked. He sees all things and he is serious about holiness. And so if we are to imitate him, then we need to walk in holiness as he is holy, to be pure as he is pure. Sexual immorality, which Paul uh, highlights in this passage and is against in this passage, is a kind of impurity. Purity necessarily involves the direction of our sexuality in accordance with God's will. Therefore, immorality is anything that sets itself up against the lifelong union of one man and one woman within the sanctity of marriage. We cannot think that this is not true. We can't drift away from what Scripture clearly teaches us about God's plans for marriage and his idea of a godly and joy-filled expression of a sexuality that is his gift to humanity. Again, God's gift is good, and God's desire is that we would delight in him 
and also that we would delight in one another through love and within those parameters and boundaries that he sets for us in his word. Paul is very blunt in this passage when he speaks about purity and a call to walk in purity. He knew the world of his readers. He knew the temptations that they faced. And we likewise face all manner of temptations in this world, in the context that we live in, in the society in which we live. He speaks of immorality, impurity, even ungodly speech and greed as a form of idolatry. In other words, anything that puts itself in the place of God in our lives, anything that we set above him, anything that we go after knowing it's not God's will for us. And he says of an idolater that they have no inheritance in God's kingdom. So again, this is serious stuff, as Don Francisco sang about. Paul goes on to say, don't be deceived in this. There will be people who are tempted to make light of this. To say, oh, you know, that's not one of the more important things. You know, these things are important. You know, focus on justice or focus on, you know, winning people to Christ. Focus on those other things as though they are important. But the whole idea of sexual purity and living before God in a pure way is somehow a second order principle of something that's not quite as important. The truth is that we don't get to pick and choose what matters to God. And God has revealed to us what matters And it certainly includes justice, and it certainly includes winning people to Christ, and it certainly also includes walking in purity. Paul goes on in verses 8 to 14 to speak of a contrast between light and darkness. He encourages us to walk as children of light, and therefore to walk in purity. In other words, Paul says to us, be who you are. He's already said that uh, immorality is improper for God's holy people, God's saints, those set apart for him. And he's using another way of expressing that by saying that we are God's children, children of light. That's who you are. And so it's not just a sort of a negative, don't do that, but a positive affirmation that we find here about who we are. We are children of light. We are light in the Lord. He's delivered us out of the dominion of darkness into his light. And so he's saying, Look at who you really are in me and learn to live out of that identity and that truth and express the purity that flows from an awareness of who you are in me, redeemed sons and daughters of the king. Celebrate that, live in that, find joy in that. Paul isn't only theoretical, he's he's very practical. And I think it's incumbent on us to recognise that In this, as in other things in the Christian life, we have a choice. And in terms of living in purity, we can't leave it all to chance or to just drift. We have to make decisions. It's really important that we know ourselves. We know our areas of weakness. We know where we're tempted to sin, where we're tempted to go down wrong paths. And with that self-awareness, it's incumbent upon us to make wise choices to have sensible boundaries about what we make ourselves open to and don't. I love that picture that was shared before uh, I began to speak. And oh my goodness, aren't you grateful for grace? God's extravagant grace and mercy. The truth is that when we fall, when we make a mistake, God lovingly picks us up and restores us. 
And I want to labor that as that word was shared, there are perhaps some of you who are living with the shame of things that have been done, things that have been remiss, perhaps in the past, perhaps presently. And God wants you to know that he loves you. God will embrace us even in our biggest mistake. He receives not only our Sunday best, but the good, the bad, and the ugly of our lives. He's a good father. And there's no condemnation for those who are in him. Thank goodness for grace. At the same time, I also want us to reflect on the fact that grace is also a responsibility and an obligation. Let's receive his grace. Let's revel in the mercies of God. But let's also see that grace equals an obligation and a responsibility to uphold his purity and to seek to imitate him in this by making the right choices, but also doing what we need to do to get free. It might be that you're watching this now and you're someone who is struggling with some area of sin that, you, that is current for you, that you're struggling with. Perhaps you really want to get free. Perhaps you've tried and it's not worked so far. I want you to receive the grace afforded you today, but also to take responsibility to get free from that thing. It might mean receiving prayer ministry. It might mean, you know, with safe, trusted people, perhaps, you know, some from the team here at All Saints, that you can pray with someone in an area where it's been hard. And you're saying, you know what, I'm going to humble myself and I'm going to be open to prayer ministry and help in this area. Of course, go to the Lord in prayer and say, Lord, I really need your help. Humble yourself before him and he will raise you up. He will answer by setting you free if you cry out to him. Thirdly then, and it relates to the first two, to walk in love and to walk in purity. The final verses from our passage, verses 15 through 20, speak of walking in wisdom. So by this we also imitate God, walking in love, walking in purity, and finally walking in wisdom. Paul says to us, live as wise, not as unwise, and make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. We need to be those who make good use of our time. God has raised us up, a generation, even as he raised up Esther for such a time as this. He's raised us up for such a time as this. We find ourselves in the midst of a global pandemic. Each one of us finds ourselves living and working in different contexts. And there is a work for Jesus that only you can do. The scripture says that we were created in Christ Jesus to do good works that he prepared in advance for us to do. And so it's incumbent on us to come before the Lord. And as it says in this passage, to find out what pleases God and to understand his will. Obviously, we can know in a general sense God's will from the scriptures. We need to get into the word and discern in God's word what pleases him, to discern in his word what his will is. But also through scripture and through the grace given us by the power and the leading of the Holy Spirit, we can discern specifically what God is asking of each one of us. Lord, what is the mandate you have for me? What is the assignment that you have given me for such a time as this? I once did a placement with a Christian politician who had a, a picture of William Wilberforce on his wall and he had a picture of Lord Shaftesbury on the wall. And when I asked him about it, he almost got embarrassed. He said, well, it's a bit of a cliche really, isn't it, for a Christian politician to have Wilberforce and Shaftesbury on the wall. And he says, the question I ask myself is, where are the Wilberforces of today? Where are the Shaftesburys of today? Will you, will I come before the Lord and say, Lord, use me. Here I am, Lord. Lord. 
use me. Wilberforce wrote in his journal that God had set before him two tasks, the abolition of the slave trade and the reformation of manners, i.e. morality in society. He wanted to be, he felt called to be, a liberator but also a pioneer of purity, purity in politics, purity within the media of that time. Will God raise you and I up as ambassadors of Christ, as imitators of God, not just in love but also in purity? Will we be pioneers of manners or morality in our generation? That would be a mark of wisdom if we were to agree to, the, to do that through the Lord's grace. And the, the passage also talks about wisdom looking like not getting drunk. It talks about wisdom as being filled continually with the Holy Spirit. It talks about wisdom as worshipping continually, praising the Lord through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, making melody in our hearts before the Lord. And again, worship, thinking again about this theme of purity. Worships can be so helpful to fill our minds and renew our minds with the truth of who God is. I know at different times in my life where I've been stressed and tired, where I've battled different things, it's been really helpful for me not to let my mind drift, but actually to engage positively in worship, to put on worship music and to get into praise that my, I'm not just idle, I'm not drifting, but actually my focus is him and I'm praising him. And in relation to that, wisdom also looks like cultivating a thankful heart, giving thanksgiving to God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So, will we be those who imitate God as dearly loved children of God? And will we seek to do that by walking in love, walking in purity by the grace of God, and walking in wisdom? Why don't we pray together now? Let's pray, shall we? If you'd like to just close your eyes, perhaps open up your hands in front of you as a a sign that you're open to the thing that God wants to do in your life, even now. Father, we've heard from your word. We've looked at it together. Holy Spirit, we know that you love to confirm the written word in our hearts. And Lord, you love to make experiential in our lives the benefits of Christ's passion that through him we are free. Through him we can live as children of light. And so Holy Spirit, we honour you in All Saints Church building, but also in the homes and other places where we're watching this on laptops, phones, tablets, whatever other devices. Holy Spirit, would you come and fill each one of us, not only where we are watching this, but also at this time in our lives, the different contexts in which we live and work and bearing in mind the different things that we face. Holy Spirit, would you just come now and descend on each one of your people? Come, Holy Spirit. Scripture reminds us that even though we who are evil know how to give good gifts to our children, God the Father is a good Father 
that gives the good gift of the Holy Spirit to those who ask. And we have asked. So just be aware now of the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit touching you, filling you, cleansing you, breathing life over you, releasing his fire over you, his refining fire that brings purity, that brings a zeal not of our flesh but of him. A zeal that even enables us to be pioneers of purity, agents of freedom, imitators of God in our generation. And as you're aware of the touch of the Holy Spirit on you now, perhaps there are things that you want to say to God in your heart or out loud if you're on your own. Maybe as I've been sharing, there have been things that you've been reflecting on in your own experience, perhaps things that you are struggling with. Why not say, if that's the case, Lord, I need your help. Lord, I'm sorry. And Lord, I repent of all of those things in my life that aren't of you. The things that I regret, the things that I'm ashamed of the things that I want to get free from. And as you make your confession, by faith, I want you to believe that God is who he says he is in his word, that he is a good father, and that he wants to respond by setting you free. I'd just like to encourage you, if this really is ministering to you tonight where you are, I'd like to remind you that there is power in the name of Jesus and that his blood is powerful. And I encourage you, whatever that thing is, just to break agreement with it in the name of Jesus. And in the name of Jesus, to renounce that thing, whatever it is, and all associated spirits and influences from your life right now. Say, Lord, I just don't want to partner with anything that's not of you. I want to walk in purity. And Lord, if there are those who have done that very thing or are doing it now, I just ask that you'd release your breakthrough right now. Lord, let your anointing come and just break any sin patterns and even any mindsets that are binding people into sin and sinful patterns. And Lord, I pray that you just release that, that awareness of your purity and a restoration of purity. And Lord, even a joy that comes with that. And Lord, beyond that, I pray now for a real fire of your presence that we would respond. As that politician said, Lord, I don't just want a cliche picture of William Wilberforce. I want to be like a Wilberforce in this hour. Lord, would you raise us up as pioneers of purity? Would you raise us up as imitators of God? that will love, that will walk in purity, that will walk as wisdom, using our time well, discerning your call on our lives and walking in that calling for such a time as this. Holy Spirit, even now, would you just breathe on your people? 
Would you remind people of the things that you've spoken to them in the past, of the dreams that you've given them? And Lord, would you release a fresh grace, a fresh power to walk in that purity and in that calling? whoever you are watching this this evening wherever you find yourself I just encourage you in your heart perhaps out loud to say yes Lord I'm getting on board with this call and I pray Holy Spirit for the grace now to be an imitator of God a grace to know and to live out of the truth that I'm a dearly loved child that I'm a child of light that I'm a holy ambassador for Christ And I resolve, I set my course by the grace of God to walk in purity, to walk in wisdom, and to walk in love. In Jesus' name, amen.